You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our Market Talk podcast, including our Brexit update. Today is Tuesday, 1st October. My name is Gavin O'Carroll from AIB's Treasury Dealing Room and Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist, will bring us to the latest from Britain with our Brexit update, followed by a look at interest rate expectations in the UK and Europe. And then one final note on something next Tuesday in Ireland. Last week was a terrible one, Ollie, for UK politics. And we've only 30 days to Brexit. It gets more serious by the day. What is your view? Well, certainly the, the clock is ticking down to the EU Heads of State Summit, which is on, on Thursday fortnight, just over two weeks away. Um, the expectation is that the UK government, following the Tory party conference this week, will lodge uh, proposals in terms of replacement for the so-called Irish backstop. Now, there's no indications in terms of what shape that will take, but really, essentially, what what the UK needs to do is um, to make it acceptable to the UK government and the Tory party is moving from a UK-wide backstop, where the UK stays in the Customs Union, to a Northern Ireland-only backstop, but without impacting trade between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. I mean, this this is the fallback position of the DUP. They don't want to be treated any differently to the rest of the UK. So in particular, they want to remain within the customs regime of the UK, uh, not the EU. So if you think about it, I mean, if we're to move, if we're to avoid a border between, a land border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, there'll have to be some sort of border down the Irish Sea. Uh, But to meet the DUP requirement, and I think this is what they want, is that it doesn't impact on trade between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. It may well be that goods which are leaving the UK, are leaving mainland Britain, uh, destined for the Republic and travelling to Northern Ireland, that they will be checked and customs paid or meet regulatory requirements either at a Great Britain port or Northern Ireland port. But that's only for goods in transit through Northern Ireland. It doesn't impact the Northern Ireland economy. It doesn't mean Northern Ireland is treated any differently to the rest of Great Britain. Uh, Goods destined for the Northern Ireland uh, would not be subject to those sort of checks. So if we think about the Irish land bridge route that we will be using post-Brexit to get our goods into mainland Europe, Irish goods will still be leaving Dublin and Ross Lair. Uh, they'll be in sealed containers, uh, but they'll be able to travel through the UK. They won't have to pay customs. They won't have to be stopped for regulatory requirements, and they will access the EU markets as normal. Uh, think about it, goods coming from mainland Britain through Northern Ireland uh, into the Republic. I think you'll have... Obviously, free movement for goods just destined for the Northern Ireland market, but those goods that are moving to the Republic at some place, they'll have to be checked for regulatory, regulatory compliance and to pay any customs duty. And if it's not going to be on the land border between Northern Ireland and the Republic, it's going to have to be at a UK port or Northern Ireland port. So I think that's, to me, I'm just thinking about it in terms of how you avoid it. It has to be something along those lines. They'll have, obviously have to convince that the EU that this is watertight. It may be done on a you know, trusted trader basis in terms of Northern Ireland trade. But I think it's something along those lines that uh, the UK will have to come up with. There's no getting away from the point that goods leaving the UK and entering the EU market, regardless of whether they're coming through Northern Ireland or not, will be subject to EU um, customs and subject to EU regulatory standards. And the checks of that will have to happen somewhere. So if it's not on the Irish border, uh, it'll have to be a Northern Ireland port or a UK port. It's a hopeful note, uh, and we've got this Brexit fog we're trying to see through, but we are now in this serious month, and you stand back from it and say that, okay, we know what the critical issue is, the, the backstop and the border. 
in Ireland. But I mean, if the French have a problem, if 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 Boris has a problem in yeah, Parliament, yeah. whereby he actually, you know, we fall over at some stage. Well, the first thing is these proposals are expected to go in later this week. That just leaves two two weeks for negotiation on them before the uh, EU summit. Very short timeline. Very short time. So there can't be a complete rewriting of the of the withdrawal agreement. It's very much focused around the Northern Ireland backstop. And then if we do get a deal at the EU summit in mid-October, the question is, you know, following the very acrimonious debate in the House of Commons last week, whether the government will be able to get that, um, you know, deal through the House of Commons. I mean, it's a minority government. It will probably need the support of some Labour MPs. So there's a question mark over that as well. So, um, you know, we are approaching the moment of truth here. And, of course, from Ireland's point of view, uh, if... If we don't get a deal through the House of Commons, well then, you know, Boris Johnson has been mandated by the UK Parliament that he'd have to apply for an extension to Article 50 to prevent the UK crashing out at the end of October without a deal. But that might be just delaying the inevitable because we have a general election then probably in November. And if the UK Conservatives were to win that election, well, we don't know what would happen in terms of Brexit. But you know, no deal Brexit is not off the table. It's probably off the table for end October, which you can't say it's off the table completely. Okay, so we've had uh, many events across the country as a bank. We've been preparing for Brexit since 2016 as a bank and we are encouraging customers to visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit for more information on the steps you can take to get Brexit ready. There is information on AIB's range of Brexit supports and details of AIB's early morning customer Brexit workshops which continue to be held nationwide in conjunction with our friends in BDO. Next event is in the Radisson Blue Hotel in Sligo on Thursday 10th of October. The final event is at the Grand Hotel Waterford on Wednesday 16th of October. Again visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit anytime between 8am and 9pm Monday to Friday you can call 0818 300 081 to speak to one of our many dedicated AIB Brexit advisors across the country. I must say being at one of the events last week here in Moser Street in Dublin in AIB's headquarters I learned an awful lot about the customs process referring to what Ollie was speaking about there maybe two minutes ago about the actual uh, trusted trader and the bonded uh, goods travelling across the UK into Europe and vice versa for importers as well. Ollie, just staying with Brexit just it is two weeks we have seen that the action in Manchester kicked off on Sunday with the Tory party conference and their rushing and shuttling up and down between London and Manchester across the 200 kilometres. Um, Parliament is still very much in charge. Finishing the Brexit update, your own sense is a more hopeful one than a lot of the media would be giving right now in terms of the potential for something going wrong. Yeah, well, I think, think about it. Boris Johnson has said we're leaving the EU, or the UK is leaving the EU by the end of uh, October. The one way he can set that in motion is by agreeing a deal with the EU. And uh, everybody seems to want a deal. Now, the markets are pretty relaxed, you have to say. I mean, sterling has remained within that 88 to 89p range over the, last, P, yeah. Yeah, over the last uh, week or two. So the market's view seems to be, given this in everybody's interest, given this is a sort of backstop that hopefully will never be triggered, uh, that a deal will be done at that summit. Now, if it's not done and it's an acrimonious summit, well, sterling's in trouble in those sort of circumstances. So, uh, but I think you know, the, the, the market is of the view a deal will be done. Um, Sterling is, tra- is telling you that from where it's been trading in the last couple of weeks. So, interesting last week as well, uh, we had the Bank of England out, um, one, of the, one of the monetary policy um, makers on the, on the Monetary Poli- Policy Council, indicating that this Brexit uncertainty is really having a negative impact on the UK economy now. And if it was to continue, um, 
that the Bank of England would have to cut interest rates, uh, even with no resolution in terms of Brexit, in terms of a deal or no deal. This ongoing uh, uncertainty is certainly weighing on, on uh, business investment. Uh, to all intents and purposes, you know, GDP growth has stalled in the UK. And with inflation below the 2% in target, despite the tight labour market, this, the, the view from the Bank of England is it, we can't wait much longer here. We'll have to cut rates to try and stimulate the economy, given the negative impact this Brexit uncertainty is having. So if it's to continue, you could see a rate cut in the UK before the end of the year. That wasn't their position up to now. So that has probably changed expectations in the market. What should you say, Boy? Well, uh, the market now is fully discounting that we'll get a quarter point cut f- uh, from the Bank of England, if not by the end of the year, in the early part of next year. That's a much firmer expectation than those there two or three weeks ago. So 25 basis points off UK rates. I have to say in the last week, you know, the data haven't been that great across Europe. We had very poor PMIs of the Eurozone. So, you know, we saw the ECB move to cut rates uh, in September uh, and reintroduce quantitative easing. The markets now expect that we'll get two more rate cuts from the ECB because of the weakness of activity and subdued inflation in the Eurozone as well. So they're looking for, you know, the cut rates by 10 basis points in September, reducing the deposit rate to minus 0.5%. The markets expect two further 10 basis points cuts. So that would leave negative interest rates at the level of minus 0.7%. Negative interest at rates some minus stage, 0.7. Minus 0.7 at some stage next year. And that's just in response to the weak data we've seen, particularly those PMIs. And what's worrying is it's the manufacturing sector that's been weak up to now, and particularly in the Eurozone. I mean, 50 is a break-even line in terms of growth and, and, and contraction. The, 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 the PMI in um, the Eurozone sank to 45.5, 45.6 in September. In Germany, it's down at 41. So there's very weak data coming out of the Eurozone. Uh, and also, the weakness in manufacturing is beginning to spread to the services sector, which is really worry the central banks. So on that basis, I think, you know, the we've seen the central banks act already and the markets think there's more to come. OK, I mean, look, the growing expectations of policy easing now has been building through the last number of weeks, um, both in Europe and um, now in the UK as well. You've just, just pointed to just next week, this time next week, Tuesday. What are we forgetting? Uh, well, normally it's a big event, is the annual budget. So we'll have budget 2020 uh, next Tuesday. But the government has indicated that, that this will be framed around uh, a no-deal hard Brexit. And as a result, the expectation is that there will be very little changes in terms of policy. Uh, there won't be many changes in terms of the tax system. Very small increases in government spending. So I think a cautious budget is what's expected uh, and not a lot of new use. Uh, battening down the hatches. Uh, and I mean, obviously, if to frame it around a hard Brexit, what it will mean is we'll move from a budget surplus to a targeted budget deficit because the tax receipts will be based on virtually no growth. So they won't be as strong as originally anticipated. So what you will see that day is um, a surplus outturn uh, again predicted for 2019, moving into a deficit in 2020 on the basis that we do have a hard Brexit that impacts growth here, impacts tax receipts, etc. So that'll be the headline figure. But uh, as it's because it's been bra- based on a no deal hard Brexit and not too many policy announcements are expected, there's been little enough publicity in the run to this budget, unlike previous budgets when there's lots of leaks, etc. As you said, Ollie, in terms of the Brexit fog, it is as clear as mud as what is going on in the UK at the moment, week by week. The Irish government's budget next Tuesday for the country. The SRI came out last week and they did say that if there was a hard Brexit, 
Minister Donoghue may have to come in and do a supplementary at some stage in the new year. Yeah, and the government ruled that out, which surprised me a bit. What, what the ESRI were advocating was, uh, if there is a no-deal Brexit, uh, we, we, we may need to introduce targeted measures to help affected sectors. Now, I'm sure the government probably will do that, but maybe not in the shape of a of a, a supplementary budget or a mini budget. We'll just have to wait and see how that unfolds. Okay, Ollie, thank you. I mean, euro dollar has been trading around 109, sterling dollar 123. We mentioned sterling is in around the 89p stable, considering everything going on. We've non farm payrolls in the US uh, on Friday this week as well. And then there's a fair bit of uh, other European relative data in terms of PMIs. And obviously, the Irish PMIs are out this week. We'll cover those in another podcast uh, separately. Thanks, Ollie. And thank you sincerely to our customers, colleagues, and all our listeners for joining us on this week's episode. Stay up to date on our latest podcast by pressing the subscribe button to AB's Market Talk and the podcast apps for iOS or Android and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.